Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, Disruptive CEO Nation. It is such a joy to have you with us today. I am excited to revisit a topic that is so interesting to me, and that is blockchain. And blockchain is just so much more than the average person thinks. And I think it's something that in the next year is going to permeate all of your lives in a much bigger way when we talk about data trust and data privacy and and just all of the operating systems that are going to rely on blockchain. And so we've invited an expert to come speak with us today. And so it is my absolute pleasure to introduce Dominic Van Trother Taylor. And he is going to tell us about his company and he is going to help us understand this topic more and what we should be watching out for. So Dominic, welcome to the program. Thank you, Alison. It's a great, great pleasure to be here. Um, my name is Dominic Von Trotter Taylor, as you've said. I'm the CEO of a company called IOV42. And we, as you've alluded to, are in the blockchain space. Uh, we have built um, an identity platform for the purpose of building trust between people, trust around assets. That's the essence of what we do. In fact, the clue is in the name. IOV stands for Internet of Value. Thank you for that. And your company is based, um, tell us where your company is based, because I know we have the pleasure. I think you've cheated and snuck away because you're in Malta. But tell us about where your company and your teams are based. Yes, the company is based out of London. Um, We have a subsidiary in Austria. We employ about 30 people. And with this climate of everyone working from home in different places, I think most of the 30 people are distributed randomly around Europe at the moment (laughs) in different places. As you say, I'm in Malta. (laughs) Well, let's. um, one of the reasons that your company caught my attention um, is for the work in Europe. And I know the EU... Um, announced that it really is serious about investing in technology and blockchain infrastructure. And I know as an international business person, how serious the EU is about data privacy, data tracking. So tell us a little bit about, about that project. And then let's go and talk about what your company does for customers. But, but let's start with that um, European initiative, because that's what first caught my attention and introduced me to you. Yeah, so um, you're, you're right. Uh, the European Union has decided to really start thinking hard about their core backbone technologies, effectively to run the continent for the benefit of their member states and so on, and to t- show a lot of leadership around you know, wh- wh- how that should be done. And um, in the middle of 20, 2019, they put out a whole uh, call for ideas around what sorts of services they might need to be able to launch, how they should run, who would be the participants in that, and so on. Um, And that resulted in the tender that we uh, were able to participate in. And essentially what they're trying to do is to, they recognize, let us call it traditional blockchain networks that we all read about all the time as having great capability. I mean, just to be clear about what blockchain is in the most simplistic form, Um, It's a sort of database in the sky, let's call it. I think we all know what a database is. The key 
attribute of it, however, is that data entered onto the database can't be can't be erased. So there's, there's, a, there's a strong element of trust around what goes in, stays in, can't be tampered with, and so on. Um, but with some of the more traditional blockchain networks at the moment, the, the sort of thing that Europe wants to sort of build out from is they want to have much stronger evidence of scalability. Uh, they want to have much stronger evidence around sustainability. Um, um, they are concerned, as you rightly point out, around regulation and how that might apply to the blockchain world. Uh, they're concerned about um, data privacy, not only where data from countries sits, but also data privacy at a consumer level. And based on all those things, they want to spin up a whole load of new types of services that we are now exploring with them. So it's, it's super, super exciting particularly for a very, very young company like us to be involved in a project like that. Well, wonderful. I like our listeners to, um, if they're near a computer as they're listening, to take a look at the website. So it is IOV, the number four, the number two, and is it .io? .com. 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 Um, so yeah. if you're near, take a look. And and here's what I always like to say, um, Tell us, if I go and look, what are customers, what are the services that you currently offer customers? Well, it starts really from the platform. We, I might go back a little bit to the genesis of how the business started. Um, I'm not the founder of the business. I've come in relatively recently, 18 months ago. But the founder had this idea that said, look, the internet is fantastic from the point of view of communication and being able to access stuff. But it's not good for value exchange. It doesn't really, it doesn't really provide the value exchange. So if we're going to rebuild the internet today, let's build it for value exchange. And that's really the whole genesis of the business. And we built our own platform um, in order to be able to provide that solution. It took us two and a half years or so to build. It was ready in the middle of ready for use in inverted commas. Uh, at the, uh, in the in the back end of 2019, which is about the stage that I sorry 20, 2020 about the stage that I got involved, and um, core to what we that that platform is the concept of identity. We all know in our ever real life that the only way to build trust is to know who you're dealing with, um, and to be sure that you're dealing with those people, and to be sure that any potential asset that you might want to exchange is a real asset and it really does exist and it really is what is described to be. And therefore we felt that the core to trust in trade online is to build everything around identity. And therefore we've abstracted from this core platform, this whole concept of identity, as well as dealing with some of the other challenges I've told you that you might want to solve, namely scalability and, uh, and privacy and regulation and that kind of stuff. So you then start to figure out how you then, you know, where can that be applied? And actually, it can be applied against any value exchange out there. So there are enormous potential applications. Um, and um, when I started, as I mentioned, the, the company had was only just ready to start commercializing the business. So we just thought, well, gosh, where are we, how are we going to try and get this thing going? And uh, we, through relationships we had, we quite quickly got involved with the timber community, with the whole trade of timber around the world, which mm-hmm. is a massive challenge in terms of one of the classic commodity-based sustainable supply chains, in which, incidentally, there's a phenomenal fraud. There's $150 billion worth of fraud, which we probably read about most days um, in the timber community, um, logging that's done illegally, all that sort of stuff. 
And so <clears throat> we kind of figured if we can apply this platform to that problem just as a proof of concept and start to be able to identify land where timber has grown and verify that it is legitimate land, that the workers working on that land are being paid a fair wage, that the trees growing on that land are actually what they say they're going to be, such that when those trees are felled and logs then arrive another place at a sawmill, uh, you can then track the logs arriving. You can ascertain exactly what logs have arrived, how much then moves on as planks uh, into then be exported to different countries and how much waste gets left behind that then maybe goes into pulp for making paper and so on. And our platform lends itself perfectly to those sorts of things. So on the back of that, we're now talking to lots of different potential commodities about whether it's um, palm oil, whether it's about lithium for batteries, that's the whole range of different potential use cases that, that have the same fundamental premise as timber. But as an aside for that, we've spoken to the automotive industry, we're obviously talking to the European about completely different use cases because the fundamentals of the platform are so far reaching, hinged around identity that we can think we can apply to almost any potential um, enterprise use case. Um, <clears throat> And I think that's a great example because most people, you know, we think about traceability of certain types of products and services and goods. You know, certainly we think about traceability in terms of food, but I would have never really thought about traceability and fraud in the lumber industry. So those are fantastic examples of a way that we're going to start seeing blockchain being applied in the future across so many different types of industries, what gets you most excited about the the future of this application and and where it's going to go next? Well, I, I'm supremely excited about the flexibility, certainly what we built, but actually of, of distributed ledger technology or i.e. blockchain generally. Uh, I think the appliance of blockchain in the enterprise space, governments, industry, businesses hasn't really yet kicked off yet. I think there's been you know, all the hype as we read about every day is on tokens and coins and NFT yeah. and stuff. Uh, we incidentally don't have a coin at all. Um, <laughs> uh, we've been very consciously tried to differentiate ourselves for just being purely about enterprise and business. Um, and I think that wave of opportunity is really just at the early stages of beginning to start, which is why we're so incredibly excited about the leadership, frankly, that the European Union is showing in really trying to get to grips around how technology like ours can be used to drive great services for companies and for ultimate consumers. Now, fantastic. Let's take a roll back. Let's get to know you a little bit better, Dominic, um, because you've had uh, what you described to me as a little bit of an unconventional career path for somebody who is um, then ended up working and leading in, st in the startup space. So just give us a little bit, um, a taste of that business experience you had, because what I love and what I like to emphasize to our, our business builders who might not define themselves as entrepreneurs is the importance also of entrepreneurs and, and learning business through other people. So just tell us a little bit about your path, because I know it's um, it was a, a big journey to get to all of a sudden becoming a blockchain expert. It certainly was, yeah. Um, so I, if, if nothing else, I'm generalist rather than specialist by nature. Um, <clears throat> I was brought up in London um, and <clears throat> chose not to go to university and join the British Navy. And I spent 12 years um, in submarines. 
uh, under the water most of the time, out of contact. Um, and that led me right through the back, the tail end of the Cold War. In fact, I coincidentally left the Navy exactly when the Cold War finished. Um, then I went off and did an MBA where I learned a lot about myself um, and uh, how I can apply the skills I've learned in the Navy into business and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I ended up finishing my MBA without a job that I really wanted to do. I didn't want to be a consultant or anything like that. I didn't want to be a, a big directly in sales in the first instance. So I ended up starting a business to keep my family uh, and everything going. Um, and then I got invited a few, about a year later, to join Vodafone at the very, very early days of digital cellular. Um, and I'm not completely sure why they hired me, to be honest. Probably a combination of uh, having been in the Navy and giving some illusion about being able to get stuff done, combined with um, being half German. They wanted me, I joined basically to set up Vodafone in Germany, um, right, from the, right from the grassroots. And I learned a massive amount through different jobs for six years in Vodafone about technology and that kind of stuff. Um, and that sort of entered my phase of corporate life, if I can call it that, the, the entrepreneur analogy that you use. Um, I got frustrated after Vodafone with another company um, about the way corporates tend to work with, with subsidiaries and how decisions get made. And I started desperately searching for a young startup where, my, where I kind of felt that I belonged. And I found a business that had literally only been going for a matter of a few months. Um, and I joined it um, at that stage as retail director. Um, it's a retail payments business in the UK called Paypoint. Um, and uh, within weeks of joining, it became very apparent that the shareholders had lost confidence in the founding team. Uh, we were technically bust. That actually announcement was made on uh, Christmas Eve on that particular year. And um, we, I was able to um, put a team together and um, we kicked the business off again with shareholder support and it became a great success. Um, I, I, I just want to pause there because I appreciate, I actually appreciate that part of the, the story, um, you know, that how brave it must have been to take that step out and and say, okay, I'm going to be with this, this startup and I'm, I'm going to, and then all of a sudden to really find out what's going on inside um, and, and then say, okay, we can reboot this. So I, I just think Dominic, that's an interesting part of the story because there's a word of caution there and, and people who do go join startups and who want to be this, you know, we always say entrepreneurs, you have to have thick skin. You have to, you know, be agile and adapt, but be positive because if you don't have that positivity, you're not going to get anywhere. So um, I just want to, so I just want to ask you when you said you, 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 you brought in new team, can you just tell us a little bit more about what you did to create that turnaround for that company? Sure. Well, it's very, very fragile. As you imagine, there are members of the existing team that, that had to stay. And there's some members of the existing team that didn't want to stay. Um, and the real challenge was to build a completely new team. And that, and my main focus really, and I think if anything that defines me, it's kind of what I did when I joined the IOB business that I'm now currently CEO of, is to really focus down on who the team is uh, and how we're going to work together. 
what our culture of working together is. How is that going to work? How are we going to make decisions? How do we learn to trust each other? Um, a lot of the stuff to, 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 that I learned out of the Navy in a way. Um, and then quite quickly, once you've got that clear, um, is to then start focusing on what we're doing. So you can apply the whole team effort to actually fighting our way out of the corner that we're in. Um, and um, mark success milestone by milestone. And from that confidence, organizational confidence builds and you're kind of on your way. Thank you for sharing for sharing that. Let's fast forward then back to um, IOV42. What is it that you are hoping for the company as you go through 2022? What is the next year of, of growth or strategies that you're employing? Yeah, so we're, we're at a really interesting stage of uh, the business. Uh, you know, we are incredibly proud that to have been selected by the European Commission to work on this European project. Um, you know, we've got the top technical marks and we're competing with all sorts of giants out there that, you know, had the opportunity to join in. So that was very, you know, very, very proud of that. So we want to make that a great success. And what does success mean in that context? Um, but what the European Union wants to do is to see that our platform can actually provide the scalability, the sustainability, the flexibility of being able to build the use cases they want uh, on it in a very simple way. Um, and there are two areas that we're looking at with them, uh, primarily the whole area of IP, how are IP rights protected, whether it's patents or trademarks or um, trade secrets or whatever it is. And there you know, lots of potential use cases out there that relate to IP. And the other relates to uh, what they call the digital product passport, which is all about the supply chain and how in which the circular supply chain is actually put into place. And we've spoken a little bit about what we're doing commercially on this, the supply chain already. So that, you know, that's, we want to, we want to go through that journey and make that a great success and, 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 and live on the credibility that gives us. Uh, we also want to uh, work with customers, enterprises to build solutions for them. And we're obviously doing that with the work I've described on Timber and we want to stretch that into other commodities. Uh, we are actually incidentally working with a, a company that um, they built their own application on our platform, which is great to see. It's the first company that have done that, that have done a lot of work in industrial identity. So people working in mines and heavy industrial plants, tracking all the say, health and safety qualifications they've got, the time they spent down the mine, all the sorts of things that relate to employees going into those quite difficult environments. Um, and we'd like to get one or two other use cases, maybe one in financial services, maybe one in another sector like automotive, that we can start promoting the breadth of our platform through. So it's quite a big agenda, um, and we're going to keep looking at it and focusing on it and, and seek to make it happen. Well, it's a big agenda, but I think it's it's such an important agenda. And I have, um, I am aware of companies that that use blockchain to really validate, like you said, IP protection. Um, I love this concept of the digital product pl- passport, but I think as a business operator, fraud and, 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 and just, you know, technology and the fraud that, that people think of is so pervasive. And I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of listening, Dominic, because as we're recording this, there's, there's so much news about, um, at, at least here in the U.S. about, you know, uh, f- fraud and knowledge, like in Facebook and in other platforms and, you know, there's so much that we 
as business operators are escalating in overhead costs due to uh, cyber fraud. And it's, I think this issue of verified trust um, is just so necessary from everything from how we communicate to each other, how we validate things that we're purchasing from each other, and how um, I, I really love the example of how we, you know, even verify em- employees. And, and one might say that it, it leads to a world that's overregulated, but the, oper- the, the cost of business operations because of fraud is impacting everybody in their daily lives and they just don't know it. And yeah. so I almost see what you all are doing is, is like a hero business. And, you know, I'm sure that's how you all feel as you're building your business. Um, but and it I, comes down to the heart of what we are as people, doesn't it? Because as, as people, we know that we can't trust people. So we know them. <laughs> Uh, it's just it's just the harsh reality of how human beings interact with each other at a very personal level. And that actually that same interaction applies to I think applies to business as a whole. And that's why the importance of identity around who you're dealing with and what it is you think you're buying or transferring or transacting and knowing that it really is that is just so important. Well, and and. On Disruptive CEO Nation, we always speak with a global mindset. And like you said, it's even more so when you are in business relations with people on other continents. Before we started recording, you and I were talking about, you know, somebody that I work with and it's all been over email, but the trust has been built because of the type of people he refers to me, but I've never looked him in the eye. I've never heard his voice, but we've managed to build trust and trust is everything in, in business. Yeah. Um, so Dominic, any other quick um, top and business lessons that you would give to um, young entrepreneurs, young CEOs who are building that startup? Okay, I'd, I'd say four things, I think. One is um, have a very, very clear focus on building the team and the culture. I referred to that earlier on in the previous answer. That is super important because unless you have the team behind you and unless you're aligned and you know how you're doing things, things never quite work out. Secondly, I think you've got to have a very, very clear focus on the proposition that you're building, being sure that there's a market for it and there's a market fit, differentiating yourself from your competitors so you've got reasons for customers to come to you, and leveraging that capability as the product evolves over time. Um, I think the third area is you've got to have a uh, very, very clear execution plan, which sounds easier than it sometimes is, uh, because some businesses can get quite conflicting or complex, rather. So a really clear execution plan that the team can buy in that does the things that I mentioned around market fit and um, differentiation. And then finally... Probably the most important piece of it, I think, is to have self-belief, to look forwards. Um, don't get bogged down around things that have happened in the past. because There's only one way now to go, through this, go forward and be fundamentally very pragmatic around decision making. Because most decision making is based around one foot following the next foot mm-hmm. rather than taking massive leaps into the future because um, that's not the way we move forward. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. If we come back and speak to you in another two or three years, what's the vision for yourself? What's the vision for the company? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that IOV 42 would have uh, be would be on everyone's lips by then. Will be firmly on the map. Um, I love being involved in young companies, working with young people, trying to help them achieve their their ambitions and their destinies. Um, so I hope to be doing more of that. Um, and as you noted, I'm in Malta, so I'd quite like to do a little bit more on the water, whether it's sailing boats or whatever that might be, too. <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic. Um, meanwhile, I'm sitting in Chicago. That's about to um, become a very deep winter. So that idea of being in Malta and, and, and sailing, you never know. I might need to find a break. Uh, Dominic, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest for us today. If people want to learn more or connect with you, where should they go and how should they do it? Um, they can get hold of me on the IAB website. I'd be very happy to uh, answer any questions that anyone's had from this uh, particular interview or any, uh, any aspect of business if they think I can help. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, if Dominic said something, shared something in this interview that you think others need to hear, please share it. And of course, we love reviews. So whatever your favorite um platform is, please just let us know that you've appreciated us. If there is a disruptive CEO that you think I need to be speaking with, send me a note at connect at allisonksummers.com or visit our podcast page, disruptiveceonation.com. Thank you everybody for being a listener. Always be disruptive and keep your eye on the future. Dominic, again, we appreciate all the knowledge that you shared with us today. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.